So the worst thing in the world happened today. What? My four-year-old took a nap. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. Do you understand the problem? He's probably still awake. He is still awake. He's in his room right now, and I can hear him. He's probably going to stay in here, but we might be interrupted. Okay. He was so tired, though. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was, like, in the living room, and I'm like, Nash is being very quiet. Like, I don't hear, like, an iPad or a show or anything. So I poke my head in there, and he's just in his bed, lights on, under the blanket, just completely conked out. And I was like, oh, that's adorable. And also, oh, no. Mm -hmm. This is is the end. Yeah, if our six-year-old takes a nap, bedtime becomes, like, the fight of fights. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, he's staying in his room, but Mm -hmm. he's very much awake. He's going to be tired tomorrow. Better not take a nap. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Okay, I'm so sorry. But uh, what you drinking? So yesterday when we hung out, I got a pack of cherry Coke that we didn't drink any of. Mm-hmm. And so I poured that in a cup, and then I got some Malibu, and I made a cherry Coke in Malibu. Oh, kind of a, a fruity, fruity cocktail uh, Coke and rum. Mm-hmm. Um, you making a drink inspired me to make a drink. I went a little more involved. Mm-hmm. Of course you I, did. I opened my liquor cabinet and just saw a whole bunch of stuff. I'm like, I don't feel like any of this is cohesive. Like, I don't, what am I going to make with all this? So I opened chat GBT, the AI that everyone's been using. Uh-huh. I told it what liquors I had. And I said, make me a drink using these, using some or all of these. And here I have that concoction. Uh-huh. It is an ounce and a half of tequila. An ounce of amaretto, an ounce of banana liqueur, um, a dash of Angostura bitters, a dash of orange bitters, um, and a dash of grenadine. Okay. Have you tried it yet? I haven't. Well, here we go. An AI creative cocktail. Created, an AI created cocktail. Let's give it a shot. Well. Oh, it's okay. The two very sweet spirits cancel the tequila out i can still taste the tequila but it's not overwhelming mm-hmm. it needs something because the the like i can taste all the flavors a little bit but it's it doesn't taste like much of anything just a drink yeah it's like got a little bit of sweetness on the back end and a little bit of smokiness on the front end okay so what you're saying is we don't have to worry about ai taking over all our bartenders jobs not yet um i think and i didn't have any i think um Half an ounce of citrus would really elevate this. Okay. Yeah, you always got to be keeping some citrus on hand. It's true. It's true. I wish I I wish I kept citrus on hand more often for for drink and making. It's good for cooking too. True. Your drink would be better with a little lime in. I'm just saying. Boop. I have some, but I'm too lazy. I don't want to get up. Okay. This is growing on me. It's just very strong, like sweet and smoky notes. Doesn't really taste like anything. Okay. It's good. Well, there you have it, everybody. A AI created cocktail with the stuff I had in my liquor cabinet. Very exciting.
brought to you by Louisville Slugger. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Blooming's World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. Now, Chance, as I'm sitting here thinking on our friendship and all the great things we've done together, I'm suddenly feeling overcome by this irresistible urge to reach through the internet and strangle you. Yeah. But I forgive you. You know, I really just want to want to take this microphone and make you choke on it, but I forgive you. Thank you. And that would be terrible on podcast. Yeah. Mike, I mean, I, you weren't shoving it down my throat, but that would be an interesting one too. Just the sounds that I'm sure that as it slides down my gullet would produce. Uh-huh. I was thinking of shoving it down your throat. Splashing into my stomach with all the stomach acid sounds sloshing around in there. Just real, real disturbing stuff. I could also throw my drink on you and set you on fire. You could. You could, you could. Listener at home, if you were going to kill your best friend, how would you do it? Let's have fun with it, people. We saw all the boring, lame ways in the show, but Corey had some delightful descriptions. Yeah, lava in the pants? Come on. What could I do with it? I don't know. Thumbtack soup was pretty great. Thumbtack soup? Mary Poppinsing? Mm-hmm. Mary Poppinsing, yeah. I don't know. How would you kill your best friend? Come on. Let us know. Tweet at BGWorldFever at g- gmail.com. Well, tweet at BGWorldFever or BGWorldFever at gmail.com. Don't worry. We're not cops. We're not cops. And you're not doing anything. Oh, no. What yes, happened? I want to end the update. My computer's like, you should update right now. And I'm saying no. Yeah. You better say no. I am busy right now. Computer. I'm busy. Got something going on. Yeah. I'm talking about how I would kill my best friend. Hmm. How would I do it? Probably I would, huh, spike your drink, your chat GBT drink with um, some nitroglycerin and then just give you a shove. Oh, wow. Exploded. You could just tell chat GBT when I ask that question to say nitroglycerin. I mean, I'm going to listen to my AI overload. Uh-huh. You, what he's doing, you're saying, okay, I okay. guess. Probably will elevate the drink. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it's a little element of danger. Mm-hmm. I really don't know much about nitroglycerin other than it explodes. Yeah, I think that's what most people know about it. And I think most of the, what I do know about it, I learned from watching Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Ooh. You know, I've been meaning to go back to that movie and Treasure Planet because I feel like I missed out. I've never seen Treasure Planet, but I did see Atlantis. Wait for a review podcast coming soon, everybody. Buckle up. Um, I want to take a minute to do one of our classic bits. Uh-huh. Happens all the time. I want to go into the Marvel Zone. Oh, the Marvel Zone. I made that up just entirely. Um, I need, in Spider-Man 4, for the daughter of the Vulture, Liz, to come back and be Black Cat. Um, uh-huh. I watched that movie, and it would be legitimately perfect. Like, she goes off to Oregon. Her life falls apart. She comes back to, well... I guess I can't say much because it would spoil stuff for you. That's um, fine. Well, she would come back to uh, New York intent on taking revenge on Spider-Man and um, the spy- or on Spider-Man for her dad going to prison, obviously. Mm-hmm. And she'd have to steal to survive. Of course, like you do. I mean, New York's expensive. New York is expensive. And Peter could run into her and she won't remember him anymore. Um, that's the spoiler. At the end of the new Spider-Man, no one remembers who Peter is, like, at all. Well, that's a bummer. 
Not even not even like MJ and Ned. I don't remember who he is. Um, he has Poor to So she won't remember him, but he'll remember her. And maybe they'll seek comfort. He'll seek some comfort in this person who he used to have a crush on. They'll have a little like kind of tragic romance coming on. And then she's going to learn he's Spider-Man. Wow. What a twist. I think I searched far and wide. And a few people have this theory like out there in the sphere. But most people are like, no, it's got to be Felicia Hardy. I'm like, why? I mean, Michelle Jeanette or something like that. Like. Ned was Miles Morales's um, guy in the chair. <laughs> why? Why does I mean, what? Oh no, Cameron! There's a character, a villain, not the main villain. I don't want to give away spoilers, but I'm don't know a lot about this particular character. But I'm pretty sure in the comic book universe, that's not who it actually is. Who? Modok. Oh no, not at all. Yeah, so it's just like who cares? It's Calvin Ball. You can do whatever you want. And I'm a comic book guy. I know who Modoc is. Here's the thing about Modoc. A lot of people have been saying he's one of the worst parts of Ant-Man Quantumania. I disagree because because Modoc is stupid. There's not a good there's no such thing as a good version of Modoc. <laughs> Modoc is inherently ridiculous. If you're like, oh, they did Modoc dirty. No, they didn't. They actually gave him more personality than he's ever had before. Because Modoc's dumb. Because Modoc is a dumb, dumb character. Um, just a big head. Yeah. He's a big head who hovers around with little arms and little legs and pops guns out of his back and like is evil for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. So you don't become designated only for killing and be good. Well, originally Modoc was um, designated only uh, for kindness. He changed mm-hmm. into a K when he decided to become a killer. Ah, mechanized organism designed only for hugging. Moha. It's still be Moda. Mm, I guess that's true. Um, yeah, Modoc's dumb. So what they did to him in Ant-Man Quantumania was fun. I liked that movie. I don't know why everyone's bashing it. Yeah, it was my first Marvel movie since Endgame, and I had a good time. Mm-hmm. you got to see that Spider-Man movie. It's real good. I will. I will. I just wish it was on Disney. Why Sony got to be the way they are? Yeah, but I don't think it's ever coming to Disney. So No, it's not. But anyway. That's the Marvel Corner. The, Mar- the Marvel what? The Marvel Corner. I thought we called it the Marvel Zone. Sure. The, the classic bit that we definitely had a name for before. Thanks for stopping by in the Marvel Universe corner. Zone. The Marvel, Marvel Universe. 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 The MCU. Yeah. The Marvel Corner Universe. Um, yeah. I, I just wanted to talk about that because I watched the first and second Spider-Man movies today. Nice. You had some time on your hands. I did. I was going to watch the third, but I had too much to do. So you didn't have that much time on your hands. Yeah. So. So. But that's not what we're here to talk about. This isn't uh, Faggy's Fellas. It could be. I mean, it could be. It's but good. it's not. It's not, though. We're here to talk about Boy Meets World. And we have today the penultimate episode of season six. Penultimate. The, the psychotic one. That does not mean super ultimate. It means the one before the last one. Oh, do people not know? I feel like we say penultimate like every time. No, I was watching Gilmore Girls earlier today, and that came up. Oh, that's right. They do say that. Oh, goodness. Gilmore Girls. Such a good show. Such a good show. Let's go to the Gilmore Girls corner. What episode did you watch? Um, it was part of where um, I didn't watch the whole thing, but it was when Luke is on the field trip with 
April. April. And then um, Rory's mad at Logan because he's sleeping around with everyone. Yeah. And they're in Philadelphia seeing Jess at a book something or other. Yeah, she goes there to cheat on him, which <coughs> mm-hmm. Sorry for my cough. Because Rory sucks. She's the worst. She is. And she's and like, there's, only only three boys. there's only three boys that I know. <laughs> and they all want me. Well, four. Marty. Don't forget oh, Marty. Yeah. She has four boys. She did Marty dirty. It's true. But Marty never took a shot, so. No. Yeah, Marty was kind of that sort of like, I was nice to you, meh, kind of thing. You know. Mm-hmm. He really was. We're not for that, Marty. No. Sorry, Marty. Being nice should be the expectation. You shouldn't get an extra treat for it. Exactly. But this is the psychotic episode. The psychotic one. And it's kind of psychotic on both Yeah. The- both fronts. For one of the first times in a long time, it's got an A and B plot linked by a theme, uh-huh. and it's it's this theme. It's a psychotic theme. It's a it's a psychotic theme. <laughs> um, this was one of the only episodes of season six that I was looking forward to. Uh huh. Not sure if it came out well, but maybe not all that bad. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, had, the ending. Yeah. Well, the ending is interesting. I think I, I, I want to get there. Let's let's dive in so we can get to the ending. I okay. to I'm going to synop it. Yeah, that's my job this week. Um, so Corey is having these nightmares where he is murdering Sean, and it really bothers him, and so he's trying not to sleep. And so throughout the episode, we see it cut in where he like has dozed off and he's imagining, dreaming about killing Sean. On the other side, Eric gets kicked out of his parents' house. Um, so he tries to find a new place to stay, and he gets a new roommate who's a, got a few screws loose. Let's not judge. You're right. He seems, I mean, would I want to live with him? Probably not. Is he kind of funny for the TV show? Yeah. 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 Um, He's probably got a few, few screws loose, though. Do we want to just cover Eric real quick? Yeah, because, I mean, though they're linked thematically, they're not linked at any real point in the story. Right. Um, yeah. they're not they're not story linked at all um, and even though they both have like crazy stuff finger quotes included even thematically they're not all that linked yeah it's two very different things very different two um, very different types of quote unquote crazy mm-hmm. um, yeah so let's start with Eric mm-hmm. because it's a nothing burger it's not an un delightful nothing burger but Mm -hmm. it's a nothing burger yeah so eric is sleeping on the couch at his Mm -hmm. parents house and amy basically tells him like this isn't working you need to leave and eric's like why'd you have to go and turn my room into a nursery he's like hey morgan how about you and she's just like no he's like but come on wouldn't it be no Mm -hmm. and there's our morgan thank you morgan nice (laughs) to see you again you've gotten more screen time than you have in like several episodes Three seasons. Like this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this season. Especially the painter episode and the baby being born episode. Yeah. And now, I mean, at least she's like got words to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. I was coming on, getting on the uh, good old IMDB uh-huh. to uh, look up the actress in, in Eric's storyline. Uh-huh. Why is this the header? 
That's like the header for every Boy Meets World, I feel like. It's Missy and Corey? Yeah, I don't know why. Like, Missy is... I, I mean, I, I remember liking that episode more than I thought I was going to, and it's a, I mean, it's a good episode. But why? Who can say? You know, it, yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, I guess... I'm looking on IMDb as well. I guess she's attractive? But she's not, like, particularly... Yeah, it's just funny because it's like, that's, that's not Topanga. Yeah, and... It's like, why is it not Topanga? And, um, yeah, she's not, like, super famous, so, like, hey, look here to... Okay. I felt like I had seen the girl in Eric's storyline before, which is why I started looking it up. Mm-hmm. Leslie now, Danner. Yeah, now I know where I've seen her before. Oh, I know now. Was it in... Let me guess, let me guess. When in Rome? When in Rome. Which one's Man. when in Rome? That's the one where Mary Kate and Ashley go to Rome for a oh. um, fashion internship. I was about to say, was that when they were in the model UN? But that's the London. Yeah, that's winning London. Winning London, that's it. We're doing manual labor in Oxnard. <laughs> that one's getting there. Yeah, that, one, <laughs> that line has lived rent-free in my head for 10 plus years since we watched it that one time. I may recognize this girl from other things. I'm not really recognizing anything else that she's in. She hasn't been in anything since 2002. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely... Is it two episodes of this show? Ooh, it's two different actresses, maybe? She was in Fraternity Row. Oh. I guess it's just one of the party guests? Yeah. Didn't know. Yeah, so we have her, and then we also have Charlie Newmark as Adam. Trying to see what else he was in. This could all be stuff that we do beforehand, but, you know, I like that we don't. Yeah. That's character. He wasn't. He hasn't been in a whole lot either. He isn't even less than previous. Oh my gosh! She was also one of the tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. What now? There was a American, like fully American Power Rangers ripoff um, called Tattooed Teenage Alien. Uh, tattooed Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills. Uh huh. It, it, it like combined the drama of a nine hundred two one zero with like the um, core conceit, I suppose, of the Power Rangers. Yeah, um, I watched it for a little while. My, I, it's one of the few shows that my parents ever asked me to stop watching, <laughs> um, because the drama sections were a little, a little more adult. Interesting. I, I wonder how I would think of them now, but it was a lot of like. Like love tensions and like jealousies and things of that nature. Here, I'll yeah. show you the poster. Oh wow, that's yeah. something. Heavily low budget. Heavily low budget. But I did. I watched that show for a long time, and she was the main. She was the main character. Oh, she was. I thought you were talking about the guy. No, no, no. Like I said, I didn't recognize him from anything, so I didn't. I didn't think to look him up. Yeah, he hasn't been in a. Real shame. Just a real shame. Mm-hmm. I bit my tongue. It's okay. Pour a little out. No, I'm not gonna do that. Pour a little on the wound. Yeah. Um, that's enough of the actors in this episode, I suppose. Yeah, but Eric is being kicked out. Yeah. Um we see he tries to move in with Corey. They push which, him out. It provides an iconic image mm-hmm. where Eric turns around in the chair with his doing his pose with his finger on his on his cheek, and then there's a poster behind him of the same picture. Mm-hmm. And then he's on a wheelie chair, so they push him out, close the door, and the poster's on the back side of the door. 
mm-hmm. which is very funny. Then Topanga comes into her room. She turns out the light, gets into bed. In her bed. He's in her bed. He That's says, not hey, okay. hey, Rumi. And she's like, ah, falls out of bed. Not all right, Eric. This crosses the line. Yeah. In her bed. Hey, not Rumi. Um, yeah. And then uh, he, they, uh, Jack and um, Rachel walk in to the student union and they're like, oh, homeless man. And it, they're saying it kind of sarcastically, I feel like. Uh-huh. Yeah, it like, doesn't feel good. Well, in my mind, they knew it was Eric, and they were like being like, "Oh, homeless man!" Mm-hmm. But then, like when it was revealed that it's Eric, they're like surprised. So they're I guess not. Yeah, they're far too surprised by it. It was it, it was it was a weird it was a weird thing where it seemed like I don't know. It seemed like they were like making fun of Eric for like just come back, but then mm-hmm. they're like legitimately surprised when it's him. Yeah. Which maybe tracks in the way a lot of people talk about homeless people rather than like to them or, yeah, you know, like a group of people who are pretty marginalized. Mm-hmm. So overall, especially more wealthy people are probably all right talking around them or, you know, oh, I feel so bad, but then not really doing yeah. anything about it. You're right. But they, they tell Eric he, should, he needs to move back in and they haven't rented the room out. Yeah, because I've been hoping he'll come back, right, hun? You're like, hun? Is that what I'm going to hear all, all the time is hun? I think Eric, I mean, because we've decided he has a, a sneaky master plan to break them apart. Mm-hmm. I think this was him testing the waters, you know? He's just like, oh, if I come back, are they going to fall apart? He's like, oh, he called, she called him hun. I need to let this continue to simmer. Well, yeah, I think Eric knows, like, if if he goes back... They both have like a confidant and an outlet mm-hmm. alone with one another. Yeah. So the tension that is there from being in a relationship and living together so soon is eased by his presence. So he knows I can't, I can't take my foot off the gas yet. Yeah. No matter where he has to live. Cause he's driving the bus of their relationship. Yeah. Not them. He's a sneaker. So he, he pleads in the, in the student union, please someone. Like, give me a place to live. Yeah. And and then a strange-looking man says, I'll give you a place, or I need a roommate. Yeah, but I said so first. Child interruption number one. Oh, that's okay. Ten o'clock at night. Oof. He's going to be a tired boy tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah, Eric's the roommate. He's like, I'm looking for a roommate. He's like, hey, I asked first. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, no, no, like, I'm looking for someone to come live with me in my apartment. Good luck to you. <laughs> and he's like, anyone help? And he's just like, oh. And he, he realizes. Yeah, he realizes what happened. Um, so they go to the apartment, and it's very nice, very big. Um, and I forget the guy's name. Is it Alex? Adam. Adam, that's right. Because we have a friend named Adam. We do have a friend named um, but he's like, this place is great, and like his room is so big. Yeah, he's loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, does anything weird happen at this point? No, not he meets yet. the he meets the neighbor. Well, the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he does meet the neighbor the first. And he's time. just like, man, why would anybody not want to live here? This place is great. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the girl comes in. Um, that I, I don't care what her name was. The girl from Tattoo Teenage Alien. Uh, fighters from Beverly Hills. 
Um, she comes in and he's like, ho, ho, ho. an Austin Powers reference? Huh? Oh, behave. Oh, that probably was an Austin Powers reference. It would have just come out, wouldn't it? Mm hmm. Yeah. Pretty. When did Austin Powers come out? I feel like 98, 99, right? Austin Powers. Um, 97. 97, really? 99 was the spy who shagged me, so maybe that was Oh, behave. Oh, hi. I don't know. I saw those movies probably way too early in my life, but not. I have not seen them. Apparently there was a video game called Austin Powers Oh, behave On the Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Made by Rockstar Games. And Take Two. Wow. wow. Those are big. It has currently a 3 out of 10 at, at IGN. Okay. Not beloved. I was trying to see when that quote, what movie that quote was from. But... That's all that popped up. So that's very interesting. Maybe that came out in 2000. So maybe Eric was doing a little guerrilla marketing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Behave. Yeah, could be. Who knows? Those are some big names. What? Those are big names to be working on that game. Yeah. Rockstar but, and Tink. I guess they're big now. It wouldn't be until uh-huh. 2000. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't dead. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto 3 was where Rockstar really became a thing. That was like mm-hmm. 2000. Maybe yeah. 2002. Somewhere in there. Fascinating. Um, but yeah, so he's like, this place is great. Yes. Um, then it cuts to a little while later. He's coming out and he's like, that whole room's for me? Mm-hmm. It's and bigger like, than my parents' house. It's bigger than my parents' house. What you doing? He's like, watching the Weather Channel. You want to join me? He's like, sure. So he sits down and Adam's like, oh, we can't sit there. That's my mom's chair. He's like, oh, is she coming by later? He's like, no, she's dead. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh. Well, you know that whatever. <laughs> so then, yeah, he's like, this is really funny. When he goes, Eric goes and sits on the couch. Adam kind of looks at him, picks up the phone, his cell phone. Now uh-huh. a number. The phone starts ringing. He's like, Eric, can you get that? Eric's like, sure. Why not? So he answers the phone, and it's Adam talking. <laughs> he's like, Hey, Eric. Yeah, you can't sit there either. Yeah, that's where his uncle died or something. Uncle Dave died. Okay. <laughs> Eric is like off of the phone talking to Adam right next to him. What are you, what are you doing? He's like, Eric, I'm on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I don't know. Maybe it's a coping thing. Yeah. Eric, I'm on the phone. I mean, kids lost his mom, his grandpa, his uncle. His uncle apparently died right in front of him. Yeah. So his pet bird. His pet bird. He's he's a he's a troubled young man. I recognize that from the movie. A troubled young man. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But yeah, this is when we do meet the bird. Yeah, this is when uh, he's like, "Oh, time to feed the bird." And Eric's like, "Why haven't I seen this bird?" I love like, birds. Uh, Which is uh, a funny uh, thing uh, to say. Does any do most people really love birds? No, no one loves birds. No, we're at, at, we are impartial at best. Birds are real. Completely indifferent. Government surveillance drones. A lot of them. All the birds died at Mount St. Helens or something like that. Sure. Um. Yeah, so um, he's like, all, all, all kinds of birds? Eric's <laughs> like, every last one. <laughs> and then what should pop around the corner but a stuffed parrot? Yeah, a taxidermied parrot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not stuffed like a stuffy, but like was once living, died, and was preserved. Um, and then Eric says a line that is not one of those lines I think about all the time, like, have a great day, make a new friend. Mm-hmm. Um, which I said to my wife just the other day. Um, you said it to me just this morning. Yes, but I think that was more 
an, an attempt to be referential. Yeah. Um, but I do think about it almost every time I watch a crime drama, which isn't very often. He goes, uh, Adam goes, Polly want a cracker? And Eric goes, Polly want an autopsy. <laughs> and almost every time I watch a crime drama and they say the word autopsy, I'm like, Polly want an autopsy. Exactly. Um, so Eric's really freaked out by this. He's just yeah. like, this is weird. This is just all too much. He's like, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. But who should walk in the door but the neighbor, Sheila? In well, a they, they have a moment first. A moment. Was it a moment of understanding? Yeah, because he he's like gets all his stuff, and I'm like, fine, leave me, oh, like right. everyone else does. And yeah, Eric's just like, oh no, this is exactly like me. Yeah, Eric's like, man, I get that. I everyone doesn't want me either, or something, something like that. And they have this moment, and he's like, so you'll stay? No. <laughs> then, then he goes to the door, but who should come in? But Sheila, I think her name is Sheila. In a towel. Yes. She's yeah. just like, I locked myself out when I went to take a shower again. But at least I have my clothes, my towel on. I remembered my towel this time. And there I goes, crash here until my roommate gets back. Yeah. And there it goes, okay, I'll stay. <laughs> so easily, um, so easily won over. Yeah. Then we have, I, is it the final tag? Yeah, they get the tag at the end for this, where Eric is playing with the bird. Yeah. And, and he's kind of gotten accustomed to all the weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he, he's he's good. Yeah, but then Adam says, "Well, Adam calls him." Oh, right. But he's fine with it. Yeah, he's fine with it. He's good. He's like, "Hey, man." He's like, "I I think it's great how well you're getting along with Polly." Whatever oh. the bird's name is, I don't know. Yeah, who cares? And he's like, "I think it's time you met my mother." He's like, "But but but." <laughs> yeah. So he goes off into his room. And Eric is just in a mad dash to get his things packed up to get out of there. And then you hear Adam, like, talking to himself. He's just like, is he a nice boy? Yes, he's a very nice boy. Good, because the last one wasn't a nice boy. That's why I took care of him for you. Psycho. (laughs) And then he goes, well, you're not going to even greet your grandpa? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There's a definite psycho reference here. Like the movie Psycho? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Didn't know. Just where he had his mom in the ba- in the ba- in the attic. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I did know that. No one got killed in the shower or anything. Maybe the old roommate did. Maybe the old roommate did. Sheila better watch out. Yeah, it's so weird because this like seemingly very normal girl just like comes over here to hang out all the time. Like, does Adam like turn it off? What if she's on his side in this little murder house that they've created? Oh, yeah. Maybe they're brother and sister. He's like, we're losing him. We're losing him. Cue the towel. (laughs) Cue the towel. Next time we're almost losing him, cue the Mm non-towel. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. It's a perfect crime. Um, I guess. Sheila does only come over in a skimpy dress and a towel. Like, that's it. Yeah. And, and, you know, it worked. He kept Eric there. He did. Um, Don't know. Creepy. Okay. Yeah. And so that's the Eric storyline. That's it's, it. It's good. It's fun. I, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't really amount to anything. No. The needle doesn't shift really in any direction in terms of Eric's storyline. Yeah. I guess Eric being homeless a little bit. but uh-huh. He's just kind of holding the line, waiting for the relationship to implode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which he knows it will. 
Mm-hmm. It has to. It has to. He's playing a long game. He is. It's a it's a Xanatos gambit. Okay. <laughs> no, anything is a victory. Well, you know, I know what a Xanatos gambit is. I'm a very big Gargoyles fan. You're a very big Gargoyles guy. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> for our listeners at home, he's such a big example of that that they named the trope after him. Yeah. Thousands of years after it already existed. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's a, like, especially for kid shows, like Xanatos, because like every time he wins or loses, he kind of wins. And that's just fun. Yeah. So it's like like Loki, Loki did one of those in the first Avengers movie, Mm -hmm. where it's like, what does he really want? He wants to rule over Asgard. Where does he get to be in the end? Back in Asgard. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I I would say probably him going on the helicarrier is maybe a little bit more of his Xanatos gambit. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, several. Thor the Dark World makes it pretty clear he didn't really want to be on Asgard. <coughs> Until the end of that movie when he you know, steals the throne. Yes. Which led to years of my wife and I just saying, what do you think Loki did with Odin? Sometimes we'll still say that if it's like a serious moment. or like, hey, babe, what do you think Loki did with Odin? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know now. Yeah, it's kind of like how to encourage my wife. Uh, I sometimes will just say, "Babe, when you get down, just remember, Lucas Graham made a man so happy when he wrote a letter one." That really lifts me up. Yeah, just remember, I wonder Lucas Graham. You're not allowed on the podcast either. Who? Lucas Graham. He already we already knew that. Okay, I didn't know he's, if been, was... un- he's been unallowed. Good for a while. Tom Hiddleston, though, you can come. Yeah, anytime. The door is open. You're allowed. Um, Jonathan Majors, come on down. You're the next contestant. Seriously, very impressive. I heard today, and I haven't looked into it at all, is Zachary Levi a big anti-vax guy now? Um, It kind of popped up maybe a week or two ago. Really? What is with these people? Because, um, um, what's her name? L- Lolita Wright from um, Black Panther, Shuri? Uh-huh. She couldn't. She came out as anti-vax like just a few weeks before um, Wakanda Forever came out. Just hurting their own movies. I don't, guys. Vaccines are fine. They've been around a very long time. Like I don't get vaccinated. Yeah, just for all this stuff. Um. Yeah, I don't. It's so dumb. And be, the thing about anti-vaxxers, they're always so like aggressive about it. Maybe because they know we're gonna think of them like, "Are you dumb?" Yeah. 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 Oh, I, but I learned that about Zachary Levi because um, an author I like has a new book out as of last week. And I like forgot its name, so I Googled him. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I didn't know he had a Twitter. That was a mistake. That was. Read heroes and never follow him on Twitter. Yeah, I will never read the Monster Hunter, um, not Monster Hunter the Game, Monster Hunter International. Or oh, yeah, I've heard of those books, but I never read them. Or the uh, Grim Noir Nights, which is the series I really like from him. I will never read them the same ever. I mean, he is very detailed about what guns people have when in those books. So I guess I probably should have known. Because mm-hmm. like, he talks a lot. Of, he's like, they have this model with this stock. And, but I was just kind of thought that was part of the fun of it. like Because they're very like running gun kind of mm-hmm. adventures. But no. No. He thinks Alex Jones has a few good points. I don't know. I don't know anything about this man. Yeah. It is a bummer. Grim Noir Knight, the Grim Noir, Grim Noir Knights 
books are so good. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, don't read them. Don't don't give me money. Mm. Well, before we talk about Corey's side of the story, I just need to say, no sleep till Bobka. Brana, no, no sleep, sleep till Bobka. Brana. That's right, everyone. It's Yeasty Boys, the very best podcast within a podcast that's ever existed. Ooh. I, but today, I continued my baking journey. I feel, like I feel like I bore fruit with some bread. I made bread and it turned out pretty good. Is it fruit bread? No, it's just regular. Oh, okay. I was confused because of your earlier statement, but keep going. No, it, it just bore fruit. I'm going to show you over the internet. It's very ugly. It doesn't look so. It's oh, it, bread. It scored very well. Thank you. It um, I didn't it roll it very well, well. so it kind of came apart. The dough was a bit tougher than the first time I made it, um, but I feel like I rolled it better and sort of tucked it in better, but it still sort of came up. Looks like you've got some good air bubbles in the top. Yeah, I proved pretty nicely. Um, I learned from the home ec teacher at the middle school that I teach at um, a technique called punching it down, which I'd read, but I didn't know exactly what it was. But what you do with the bread is you make it and you mix it and you knead it. And then you let it rise, of course. But then you're supposed to punch it down. And I didn't really know what that meant the first time. Um, so I just sort of like smushed it a little bit. Now you got what you're supposed to do is you basically like knead it a little bit more. And you're kind of pressing it down because it's got all that air in it. You're kind of working that out a little bit. So then you do your second prove. It helps raise it <laughs> better. Um, so this is my bread. It's ugly. Right. Tell us about it. Huh? Take a bite on air. Tell us about it. I've had several. Let me get my knife. Rip a piece off. Rip a piece off. Ooh. That's a good sound. I hope that sound makes it onto the podcast. I heard it, so. So, yeah, I feel like the first time I made it, because when you're making a French loaf, which is what this is, you take the bread, the dough, and you break it in half. So you have two, and you roll that into a sheet, and then roll that up, and that becomes your loaf. But the first time I did it, and it kind of does a little bit here too, it almost did like a cinnamon roll, and like you could see the spiral when it was done. Um, and you can still see that here, and it kind of comes apart a little bit at the spiral. But I feel I like this one sort of holds together better. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like I use the exact same ingredients, Oh, that's a good crunch. Good crunch. Yeah. Um, but when I made it last time, I feel like my outer crust was really thick. And on this one, it's not. It's like pretty thin. It didn't really work this one. I don't know what the problem was. And it tastes good. I think I might have put a little bit more salt in it this time. Just because it tastes more salty. So, I mean, it makes sense. I don't know if I just miscounted when I was measuring or something. But it tastes nice. Okay, it sounds, it sounds good. It looks good. Oh, well, yeah. It's exciting. Cameron, you're a bread maker now. You have to make new bread. Look out, Paul Hollywood. Yeah, screw Paul Hollywood. Cameron's coming for you. Next up, you gotta learn to make focaccia. Mm. Doesn't that take, like, 16 hours? It's got to prove for, like... The first proof is, like, three or four hours, and then the second proof is, like, best overnight or something like that. I guess the nice part of that is you can do other things with your life. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about this. I'm pretty proud. 
you you're eating the the fruit of your labor. The first time I made it, I didn't really want to talk about it because it didn't turn out that good. The fruit of your loom, you could say. I don't know if I would say that specifically. I don't know why. Well, anyway, I'm gonna keep eating this, but this has been Yeasty Boys. It has been. No sleep to Bobka. No sleep to Bobka. Anyway, off to Corey's side. Yeah, we're we're off to Corey's story, the A plot, one could say. Um, it's mm-hmm. more than Eric's. Uh huh. How much more? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I have my questions. But anyway, uh, we, we open, actually, with Eric, of all people. We do. <laughs> you can tell pretty much right away that something is up. Yes. Like, it feels very off. But Eric and Rachel and Jack and Corey and Sean are coming off the elevator yes, at the apartment. And they're like... Oh, keep going. They're saying, Eric's moving back in. This is wonderful. What a great day. Mm-hmm. Corey and Sean, we couldn't have done it without you. And Rachel's like with the two of them, kisses them both on the cheek. Very awkward. Uh, you're like, this is strange. Mm-hmm. This is none of this is normal. Yeah, and then uh, Rachel's like, Eric, I'm so glad you're m- moving back. And she goes over to Eric, and they make out. Mm-hmm. And Jack is just like, yeah, yeah. He says, nice kiss. Yeah, and then uh, they're talking about how they're best friends. They're always together. This Corey is how. Yeah, this is how it's always gonna be. Um, and then the elevator opens, and there's nothing there. There's no elevator, just an empty elevator shaft. And the so, music shifts. Yeah, to like this doo 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 doo, like haunting. Yeah, and Sean says, "Why are you looking at me like?" And then he pushes him into the elevator shaft, and then he's ho- he's hanging there. He's like Corey, and then he goes for Sean's hands. Mm-hmm. Corey's okay. looking murderously. Child interruption number two. That poor buddy. He needs to go to sleep. He does. He does. He also pulled all the books off of his bookshelf. So he's being real productive in there. Real productive. But not as productive as Corey's being in his sleep. Right. He's coming up with all these ways to kill Sean. He wakes up screaming. He does. And Sean, like, jumps out of bed very practiced. Turns on the light. He's like, what's wrong? Did you have a nightmare? Was it the puppet again? He's like, yes, he was chasing me. He had a gun. That's That sounds terrifying. He does. He's like, yeah. Y- yeah. And then, I mean, the, the Scarface episodes of the Batman animated series are scary. They are. They are. Puppets, man. Puppets. Puppets. But yeah, so Corey, um, Sean's like, let's go back to sleep. Uh, so they do. He's like, I got a speech tomorrow. I got to be well rested so I can fake it. Yeah. So they go back to sleep. Then we're in class the next day. Mm-hmm. And John's pouring milk into a hat for his presentation on Louis Pasteur. Makes sense. It makes sense. Um, <laughs> it's the guy my favorite, that's my favorite part of that is when um, Feeney's like, what does this have to do with Louis Pasteur? Or what does this have to do with the subject? He goes, it has everything to do with Louis <laughs> or Lou. Lou. Yes. Everything. It has everything to do with it. And he's like, does anyone happen to have any magic rope? And at this point, you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. It's like, what's happening? And Corey's in the desk, and he's like looking around. And he's like, huh? Huh? He's like, I do? Yep. And then he goes up to Sean and then just 
from behind begins to strangle him with the rope. Yeah. And he wakes up screaming again. Mm-hmm. Um, next time we see them is in the student union. Uh, John walks in and his hair is like perfectly combed over. Just like ridiculous. And I was like, what is, what is happening? Yeah. His hair looks ridiculous. And he looks at Tang is like, that little man of yours is mm-hmm. driving me bananas. Or something. Like he hasn't slept. She, yeah, she says, is he still having nightmares? And he's like, no, he's not. He hasn't slept. So he's like, I turn out the lights and I hear him scurrying around. I wake up and my shorts are pressed and my hair is moosed. <laughs> now we understand the weird hair. Corey doing Jean's hair in his sleep. And what a nice friend. Corey comes over with six cups of coffee. Mm-hmm. Angela's like, oh, thank you. He's like, these are all for me. Get your own. <laughs> they're like dude drinking coffee is to avoid your nightmares is not good he and he yells at sean like what are you now he's like no oh, no not you i can never be mad at you and he comes over he's like how's the moose holding up looks good yes it does <laughs> this is like this is an episode that knows how to take Corey's ridiculousness and really use it to its advantage yeah like just Ben Savage with the no, not you. I couldn't be mad at you. He just can sell that. Yeah, like just the insanity of that moment. He just sells it. Yeah, he's. I Corey is very good in this episode. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. go out and say it. He's um, sympathetic and funny, and he's got really good comedic timing. And yeah, he's good. Yeah, um, he's really worried about this. Yeah, he he is freaking out. And then the next, or not, probably not the next day, it's probably the class. Um, they're in learning more Shakespeare. For some reason, they're, what, we still don't know what Feeney teaches. He just it's teaches only, everything. Only Dream Feeney taught them about Louis Pasteur. That's true. But he's also taught them about archaeology. Well, that's what I was thinking, though. Feeney, you can teach Shakespeare history. Like, you can teach Shakespeare in history. And the birth of archaeology was like kind of around the time when Shakespeare's plays were really picking up in popularity. Interesting. It's just funny because I just finished reading a book that was recommended to me by Tanya Bear, uh, Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. It's called Meet Your Baker. And I was like, does anyone know any cozy mysteries? And she's like, here's one. I was ready for this moment my entire life of recommending something like this. And I was like, awesome. But I just read it. One, it's delightful. One reason that I baked bread today was because I finished reading the book. And I was like, yes. Because it takes place with this woman who returns to her the small town that she's from. And her mom runs a bake shop. And she's a pastry chef. And so she comes, she's coming home for reasons. But then someone gets murdered. And she has to solve the murder. But it's in the town where, I don't know if this is real or not. But it was like the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. It must um, be. I don't know. if It might be. Um, so everything is just like Shakespeare. Like the character's name is Ju- like her dad was really a big part of the thing. And her name is Juliet Montague Capshaw. That's the worst name for any protagonist of all time. She hates it, to be fair. She has the right, re- she has the right response to that terrible name. She goes by Jules. She goes by what? Jules. Jules, okay. <laughs> But I just had a lot of Shakespeare on the brain because that's just the world of that book that I read in like five days. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm just saying 
with the amount these kids have learned about Shakespeare, they should just get an honorary Shakespeare degree. <laughs> um, but they're learning about Shakespeare again, and Corey like kind of nods off, but mm. he's like, Sean, you can't let me go to sleep. And Sean's passed out behind him. Like, well, this is no good. But then class ends, and Corey goes to talk to Feeney. Yeah. Well, Feeney She's... makes him because he was dozing off in his class. Yeah, that's true. And this is what's funny. When you look at this episode on IMDb, which I'm going to do if I can ever get back to it. Get out of here, Leslie Dannon. Leslie Dannon? This is what the, how the episode is described on IMDb. A concerned Corey seeks out Mr. Feeney's rational interpretation when he experiences a series of nightmares involving the murder of Sean, which I guess is referring to this moment, but this moment's not real. <laughs> yes. You did remind me, though. Uh-huh. The Disney Plus description of this episode is wild. Oh, I want to hear it. Corey's nightmares reveal his underlying fears about marriage. <laughs> well, that just gives away the goat. <laughs> Disney hey, Plus. Disney Plus. That's the twist. <laughs> it's like if they were like, um, the Empire Strikes Back. Luke finds out Darth Vader is his father. Luke unknowingly, unknowingly on a or Luke learns the ancient ways of an old religion unknowingly on his way to a confrontation with his secret father. <laughs> Missed the whole point. So funny. Thanks, um, Disney. You're crushing it. I remember because I uh, played this episode from my phone to my TV today, and I read that. I was like, "Really, Disney? Disney? Why you gotta do that?" Spoiler alert to everyone listening along at home. Yeah. Anyway. Also, yeah, so sorry you... I ruined Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. That's on you. <laughs> That's for right. It's been out for a minute. Um. We did have a friend in college who had never seen them and would try to guess what the plots were from things she'd heard. Oh, Star Wars? Mm-hmm. Who was that? Sarah, what was her last name? I think it's Sarah Lena now. Oh, Sarah Young. Sarah Young. Yes. Um, but Corey goes to talk to Feeney, and he's like, Feeney, I'm having this trouble from having these dreams. And Feeney's just like, will you kill your best friend? Uh, yes, how did you know? It's just... To come just, yeah, so he's just like explaining. He's like, yes, but there's this one where I push Sean down an elevator shaft. Yes, yes. It represents the ups and downs of your relationship. In in Sean's search for himself, he's put an undue amount of pressure on you, and that has hurt you deeply. Which seems like how Corey's psyche would be interpreting the situation. It, it's weird to me. That he's, like, getting counseling from his own psyche, that's wrong. <laughs> but also, that feels right. I don't know, like, his it's his own subconscious that's trying to tell him something, so why is his subconscious here telling him something incorrect? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so why am I trying to kill Sean? Because obviously Sean has wronged you in some way. Yeah, or at least you feel Sean in some way. Mm-hmm. So and he's like, what do I do? He's like, you must forgive him. Yes, forgiveness, of course. And then Sean comes in. He's like, Corey. And he's like, Sean, I have something to tell you. But first, I got you a late birthday present. He's like, well, okay. He opens it. Wow, my own personalized baseball bat. And then, <laughs> <laughs> the best part of this episode, let's just be honest. 
the music starts playing. Dun 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 And then the creepy music starts coming, and then you just Corey in the real world waking up in class. Die, Sean, die. <laughs> everyone's just staring at him and, and then he wakes up and then the creepy music starts playing because everyone's like freaked out by Corey yeah yeah. everyone's just staring at Corey and then after class um, he's like Sean I, I have some explaining to you no you don't you, yell, you yelled that you wanted to kill me in the middle of class that seems pretty clear <laughs> but then he starts he's telling him like no I'm like having these dreams I'm killing you in all of these different ways yeah, and this is where he just, this is this is where he describes the best one, right? The umbrella. No, no, not yet. He this is where he says he's like, really? How have you killed me? He's like, I fed you tax soup. I poured uh-huh. lava in you down your pants. I dressed you up like a chicken and entered you in a cockfight. How did I do? You won, but then they started calling for meat afterward. <laughs> um, so I grated you up on uh, in a cheese grater over pasta. <laughs> yeah, they grated you in a cheese grater over pasta. Um, which later he says he never saw Sean die. I feel like you would die then. Yeah, I was like, did you just start? <laughs> Sean said, ow, when you woke up. Like, what? But um, he's, ex- he's explaining all these ways. And, um, and he's like, but I, but Feeney in my dream told me how to fix it. I got to forgive you. And he's like, forgive me for what? I don't know. I don't think that matters. <laughs> I forgive you. He's like, okay. He goes, and he's like, ah, I feel better already. I'm going to bed tonight. He's like, great. And this is where he wakes up terrified in the middle uh-huh. of the night. He's yes, like, it was raining, and you had a new umbrella, and you showed it to me. And then I shoved it down your throat, and I opened it. You opened it? He's making these motions where he's like, I opened it. And he pulls his arm way back like he's opening an umbrella. He's like, oh, and then Sean you opened it? And Corey responds, oh, Sean. I'm Mary Poppins, yeah. <laughs> That's one that I think about. Yeah. Still, anytime I have an umbrella, basically. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can see that. And then he, and then Sean's like, it was just a dream. And Corey's like, why? Why? And he's like, where are you going? And then he's like, he's, he does a very good job of like, I'm in distress. Uh-huh. This is not okay to me. And bolting out of the room. Yes. So if we were to like sort of rank the different ways that Corey kills Sean, what how, what would you how would you rank them? Um, Mary Poppins is top. Uh huh. Um, cockfight is second. Um, lava down the pants. Lava down the pants is good. It's definitely good. Um, thumbtack soup, baseball bat, elevator shaft, strangling. What about the cheese grater? Oh yeah. Um, but. No, that's below elevator shaft. This is gross. Yeah, nasty. We don't need that. What is this saw? Um. So yeah, definitely, definitely, um, umbrella and cockfight number one <laughs> with a bullet. Then they called for meat, <laughs> <laughs> and things got up. Um. And the next morning, uh, Feeny comes into his classroom, and Corey's like, "You gave me bad advice, Feeny." He's like, what are you talking about? I had a dream, and you were in it, and you gave me bad advice. I'm not responsible for a dream, Feeney. <laughs> We've had dream Feeney a few times over the course of this show. Yeah, he's never good. No, remember Fever Dream Feeney back in season one? Yeah. Um, interesting. I just want to tell you what 
the actors thought of that episode in uh-huh. Pod Meets World because I thought it was fascinating. They thought because it was because it was so much like all the other episodes mm-hmm. that it was a great way to end the season. And I just remember us being completely different. Like, yeah, it's like this isn't anything. It's not special. It's not like it's not like a finale. Yeah, but they were like. They have also hated season two up to this point because it's not as much like season one, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think makes a weird amount of sense because it goes from like zero to 60 on the sexuality scale really fast. And it's got to be really weird for them as actors to like, yeah, being in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sean says like, I can't watch it with my son anymore because like there's so much making out. Yeah. Especially it was like, that's your dad. Yeah. Um, so they have not they have not been enjoying it, even though they've really liked um, Frankie, Joey, and Harley. Uh-huh. Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. But Will Friedle made pretty much the same observation we did. Why is Alvin not just Minkus? Yeah, he's just worse. Yeah, he's you still need you still wanted a nerd character, but you couldn't commit. Yeah, it's it's wild that they they didn't keep Minkus. Didn't get the best. I mean, we we know why it. The timeline wouldn't be correct. Uh-huh. Minkus had to blip out. Yeah. Minkus, he had to go into the timeline. He had to go get Corey from that disastrous timeline to come back and be Mr. Turner. Yeah. It had to happen. It's a whole thing. Um, it's it's a whole thing, people. Um, but yes, Dream Feeny gave bad advice. Yeah. And Feeny's like, well, what are your dreams about? Like, how do they end? It's like, well, I've never actually, like... Finished him. Yeah, I've never actually killed Sean. Like, I always wake... He's like, oh, you always wake up screaming? He's like, yeah. He's like, well... Why don't you just see what happens? Yeah. This is... This is one of the two stumbles of this episode to me. I mean, not like it's, like, on this high pedestal and it needs to stumble. But, you know, it stepped on its own shoelace a little. Um, Because Feeney's like, dreams are mysterious. They can be interpreted in many different ways. And then he goes and has the dream, and it's like... It's very cut and dry. Very on the nose. And tells him exactly what his problem is. Hey, um, he said can. can. <laughs> they can be very mysterious. Um, and I really... I wish they would have committed to some of those others, and we see Corey Mary Poppins, everyone. <laughs> oh, see him. Everyone's in a cockfight. <laughs> yeah. Or lava down the pants of everybody. <laughs> he pours... Off and down everyone's Thank you all for coming to dinner tonight. Please eat the soup. <laughs> um, but he has the same dream that the episode began with. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time, when he goes for Sean's hands, we keep going. Yes. So we rip Sean's hands off the rope. Sean falls. Mm-hmm. Rachel and Jack and Eric are like, oh no, what are you doing? And he trips Jack, who falls down. Pushes Rachel down, and Eric is like, "No, Rachel, Rachel!" And he jumps off. He jumps down, and he goes, "Angela, come on! Everyone's doing it." And she's like, "Doing what?" And she looks over, and he booty bumps her in. You know why not? And then he hears, "Hi, Corey," in a very familiar voice. Dun dun dun! Linda Cardellini reprising her role as Lauren Mount. These all dreams from the devil. Again, 
not the evil, not the evil Lucifer, the accuser, mm -hmm. the Satan, the great, not the great Satan, Hasatan. This is this is Hasatan, um, and she's not here to ruin Corey. She's here to test Corey, to accuse him mm -hmm. with, with his own fear. She's like, this is it. Everything you're giving up, every relationship that you'll never get to have, all the interesting people you'll never get to meet. All the places you'll never go. Because you're going to be married to Topanga. And he, well, she, she doesn't say that. Well, no. But then, then she, just, she just falls right back down into the elevator shaft. Yep. And that is our last appearance of Linda Cardellini in this series. Three so um, you were great. The 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 devil has tested their relationship, and Corey and Topanga, for whatever reason, I don't know why, will stand the test of time. Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but here we are. And then Topanga comes out in a wedding dress. It's like, where's all our friends? Corey's like, I I killed them. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> He's like, well, I, I did it for us. Oh, okay. Then. She's, she's like, I'll miss them. He's like, me too. And then and he wakes up and he's like, Corey, you slept through the night. He's, she's like, did you have any dreams? And he's like, yeah. She's like, what? Topanga is kind of an idiot here. Because he's like very sadly like, uh, you. I, I dreamt about you. And she's like, oh, good. And she like walks away. Except I killed everyone. Um, and Sean says like, Hey, why why did you lie to her? Are you really okay? He's like, Do you think I'm rushing into marriage? Like, yeah, since you were since you were like six. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's like, I guess I need to know that things aren't gonna change. Sorry. Things are going to change. Yeah, things are. And he's like, but I don't want them to. And then it like zooms in like sad. Corey, we've already had a whole episode about you not being okay with change. Yeah, but this is a little different. This It is a little different. This is like not everything is changing. It's like I'm making the decision to change. Which, getting married is a decision that changes things. Yeah, no, definitely. And there is sort of that, like, I'm choosing this, and I'm choosing this life over many other things and many other options. Yeah. But it seems I mean, like it's not, I'm going to murder all my friends. Yeah, yeah. And, and for Corey, it represents a loss of, I guess, maybe a loss of freedom, maybe a loss of opportunity. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get to booty bump Angela anymore. Yep, no more booty bumping with Angela. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I dealt with a lot of weird anxieties that I didn't know I was going to when I was engaged. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, one a big one for me, because I am the shock for a podcast, was permanence. Like, the idea of permanence was so foreign to me that, like, oh, like, you mean I'm just going to, like, live in this one house? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> Like, we're going to move, like, every 18 months, though, right? Because I've done that since I was, like, 19. Not so far. Um, yeah, so I dealt with a lot of... I dealt with a lot of fear. Um, I mean, it didn't mean I didn't love my wife. Uh -huh. It's just, like, you know, something's changing. Yeah. I would be... Because you're, you're a bit more... You're a bit close... You got married a bit closer to um, Corey's age. Uh-huh. And... You know, you were young and didn't have the baggage that I had. Right. I would be curious about your fears going into marriage, or were you too young to really have any? I think, because I, I mean, and it was like over 11 years ago now. Where it's like, I don't know if I really remember. That's fair. Or if there were. I mean, I was 23 at the time. 
it, it seemed to me when I was going through my engagement, like I was struggling with fear a little bit more than you guys were. Uh-huh. You guys did. But then I like I, I, I kind of was thinking one night, I was like, well, they they were too young to know to be scared. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and we, like, weren't, we weren't set in anything yet, which is funny that you're like talking about permanence, but it's like you still had like this pattern that you were set in. Of just mm-hmm. like changing and upheaval and moving and all of this stuff where it's like, that was the pattern and it's going to be changing. Um, well, yeah. And kind of college was the upheaval for you guys. Cause you uh-huh. like had a lot of permanence. I guess you moved a lot, but like emotional, you always knew where your next meal was coming from. You always like knew your parents would be home waiting for you. Mm-hmm. So I guess kind of for a way in some ways, you and the rest of our friends, um, it always it, it seemed to me at least when I was going through my engagement like oh they were kind of like returning to their regular normal yeah and it was just like a lot, everything else was changing at that time anyway of like graduating and mm-hmm. finding a job and kind of doing that next whatever that next step is or just like it kind of slots in there as like just part of the progression in a way where it's just like it's in the midst of all those other crazy changes so it's hard to like isolate the feelings you might be experiencing yeah yeah that's a good point it's a good point and yeah i've just i never had any of that <laughs> I'm like, my life has been in a constant state of change since i was 14 mm-hmm. <laughs> and even still since getting married yeah that's that's true <laughs> i was worried over nothing things still change all the time yeah Corey. now who's the Corey? yeah but but getting back to this episode I really like this resolution. I like this ending. Uh-huh. I like the ambiguity of it. I like the realness of it. Why doesn't it carry over to the next episode? Because it never does. Well, but here's the thing, right? The whole purpose of the next episode is to break Corey and Topanga up uh-huh. for an, a third time for whatever reason. Yeah. Why do we set this up for Corey, but then lose it entirely in the next episode? And have something else entirely from the other side of the marriage break them up. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, the first time they broke up, it was both of them. Yeah. And the second time, it was because of Corey. And so now it's just about balance and it, like, it needs to come from Topanga's side. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 the strangest thing ever. Because when I saw that ending, I don't think I'd ever like really weighed it. Like, oh, like we're ending this in an ambiguous place. Like, Corey is like really weighing, like, am I ready for this? Is like this change okay? Like, do I want to live more life first? Do I want to try other things first? Like, mm-hmm. he's weighing this, and we don't come down on a conclusion. Yeah, because it's like they could have ended it this way, where it's like Topanga wakes Corey up, and she's just like, "Oh, what were you dreaming about?" He's like, "You." Like, let's go. Or even just like right there, it's like I was dreaming about you. Credits. Or I was dreaming about you. Let's go make some wedding plans. Yeah, you did it that way, but they choose to end it where it's like. Well, geez, Sean, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. And that's where they end it. And like, it's like that was a deliberate choice, obviously, because that's what they did. Yeah. And but then they just don't do anything with it. And by now they knew that they were going to try to break Corey and Topanga up going into the next season. Mm-hmm. Like, and it seems like this is the perfect seed for it, but way more than where they end up going. Yeah. It, but instead of like this thing that they clearly got set up and, and maybe we'll play more into the episode than I think. Maybe. I'm just yeah, it's not been really a while watching. since I watched it, so 
But I know that like the main catalyst for breaking them up comes nothing from this at all, or from Corey at all. And he spends the next several episodes like, no, it's always supposed to be me and Topanga. Nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I feel like this is a really interesting thread. Like, Yeah, where's the dream? I want Topanga to have some dreams where she's killing people. Yeah, exactly. Give me that episode. Um, and that's the second really big stumble with this episode that I just don't, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, clearly they knew at this point that they were going to try to break them up. Why? I just don't know. Why end it that way? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe next week when we watch that episode, we'll have like, oh, okay, this is how that ties in. I doubt it, but maybe it. it's possible. But I think the clear thing right now is we're both very sleepy. Well, yes. And so we can move this along, and we'll see if it comes back next week. We will. And there's always in a few weeks as we make our reboot of the season where we can make it better mm-hmm. if they don't do it, which I don't think they do. I don't either, but maybe. But maybe. But what do you rate it? Hmm. That's a good question. Thank you. What did I give the last episode? 4.25. Oh, I gave it very low. Yeah. And I was much more positive on it than you. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Which is rare. I don't know, like 7.5? Okay. Yeah, I was thinking around that neighborhood, too. It's it's good. Like, I don't, Eric's stuff is whatever. It's kind of funny. There, there's some moments, not like laugh out loud moments, but like, huh, yeah. moments. Oh. And Corey's dreams are funny. Um, and I do, I like the way that it uses, like, it kind of plays with your expectations. Because, like, this show has been a cartoon this whole season. And, like, what Corey is experiencing is very cartoony. But then, like, it reaches a point where it just goes too far and it's distressing him. And then the absurdity turns out to, like, mean something. Uh-huh. You know, I just talked myself into an eight because I like that. Okay. Dang it, I got to go change all the numbers. I, I just, I talked myself into an eight because I think this episode is structured very well. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's nice. It kind of plays with some of your expectations. Um. I think Corey is the MVP. Yeah, Corey is the MVP. And he will be the MVP of this season. I don't. Maybe yeah. Sean matched him. I'm not he sure. His first time. Huh? Is it his first time? No, he was our MVP of season two, I believe. Oh, good for him. Boy meets. Empty elevator shaft? Sure. Empty elevator shaft. Boy meets the devil. Except it's filled with the bodies of all his friends and family. <laughs> it is interesting that he doesn't kill. Amy Allen or Morgan. Yeah, they have been they've been non-factors since like season three. It's true. They're not important enough to kill. Rachel is, but they're not. Yeah. Rachel and Angela. Uh-huh. So I did all that hard work to make Angela like me. It's a better killer. So that I can offer right now. Yeah. Well it's because if Amy came, she'd have little baby Joshua with her, and that's just a bit too much for network TV. That's a little too much. He also didn't kill Feeney. Yeah. You know, he couldn't have. He, he couldn't. He never he, could. Dream Feeney is too powerful. You get into like a Kingdom Hearts style boss fight. <laughs> when you're trying to kill Dream Feeney. It's true. Dream Feeney has too much agency. No, Kingdom Hearts 4 needs to go to Boy Meets World. Or Mr. Feeney needs to be in like Twilight Town or something. Yeah, he should be the new mentor figure. Yeah, he needs to be there. Who cares about Merlin? Or I think it's Merlin, right? Yeah. Get out of here, Merlin. 
Yeah, we're gonna start a we're gonna start a Twitter campaign. Put I'm 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 pretty sure that there's not gonna be like any Disney in the next Kingdom Hearts, but put him in. I think there is. There's speculation of Star Wars. I thought the whole thing was they were moving more towards the Square Enix side of things. And that well, three they actually moved away from the Square Enix side of things. Yeah, that, in the main that, game there were no Square Enix characters. Yeah, but I thought that was why, like. What happened to all the Square Enix characters kind of gets revealed in the DLC. And then in this new world that Sora's in is going to be Kingdom Hearts 4. Yeah, I have no idea. I need to finish 3. You know. Well, you're probably right. I've seen all the cutscenes. It's not very good. In the gameplay, it just wasn't as good as 2. No. 2 was, like, perfect. No, I don't know. Like, it's like that author who gets too big for an editor. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you need an editor. Like a Not J.K. Rowling? Well, I was more thinking Stephen King. Yeah, she's more of an after-the-fact. Yeah, she's more an after-the-fact. And it's like, oh, Kingdom Hearts 2 is so good and people are so excited for 3. Well, I'm making exactly the game I want and no one's telling me different. It's like, maybe like 13 versions of one enemy and like three trios of kid Keyblade wielders that we've set up throughout the series and Maybe it's all a bit much. No, that sounds exactly right. That sounds like exactly <laughs> the right amount. Maybe, maybe. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I want it. I'm going to go play it right now all night. Okay. Do it. That sounds miserable. <laughs> I didn't think you'd want to, but you're oh, miserable. Um, But we did it, Chance. We did it. We did so good. We made it through another episode. Everyone's going to be so proud of us. We are proud. I'm proud. I'm, they don't, I don't need their pride. I've got plenty. Ooh, pride comes before the fall, though. Well, joke's on them. Spring comes next, where we're sitting. That's true. That's true. We got two seasons. Yeah. And only one season of Boy Meets World left. Only one season of Boy Meets World left. That's wild. I never expected it to happen. I've never seen like it could be real. Man, we are like, we are like on track to finish and be one of the first rewatch podcasts to finish i mean i think the fourth what's the third the feeny call are they finished mm-hmm. okay i didn't realize they were finished i've reached out to the feeny call to do things with us but they have never gotten back to oh, sad um so yeah okay i didn't realize they were finished too yeah so we'll be we'll be up there though and i don't know where we are in relation to Brumming's world i know that they are behind us episode wise but they record several in advance Mm-hmm. Um, unlike us. So we'll just have to keep trucking. So they might be around the same point as us, or a little behind or a little in front. We'll have to see. But I think they just released where Sean's dad died. I think so too. So um we're definitely gonna be Bod Meets World at the end though. Yeah. Suckers. <laughs> they are interviewing the actor who played Harley Dan McNulty on Monday. Well that's cool. And I'm excited about it. Maybe I'll give it a listen. They did, last Monday they did um, Ethan Serpley. Uh-huh. And they did the actor who played Joey, who has like three names. Um, he legitimately does. He's like got several names. And they called him all of them. Good. As they should. But they did him two Mondays ago, so. Well, that's fun that they're having all of them on. It's true. And you should you should listen to them if you're out there, because they're they're... They have delightful memories of being on the show. Good. I'm glad. Um, and if you have anything you want to say to us, 
if you have a um, way you would kill your best friend, do you, if you have a ranking for the ways Corey kills Sean, uh-huh. any of those, you can send those to us on Twitter or Instagram. Thoughts on AI cocktails? Yeah. See what those bots tell us to drink. They should be telling us to drink water. <laughs> sure. And just a heads up, if they tell you to drink nitroglycerin, don't do it. Yeah. It's your best friend trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. In their creative way. Or not so creative way, because they just listen to the show. Um, but that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boomin's World Fever. So long, world. So long, world.